Tino Ranga Tiritanga is about, well, for me, it's, it's a set of values that I've always lived by, and for me, it encompasses days of autonomy. Which means um, someone that's taught at home, uh, when they stand on the marae, they will stand with confidence. Uh, that's, that's a basic interpretation. Now we're challenging ourselves in terms of whether the whakatauki we've used for hundreds of years, whether they're still applicable in this day and age, uh, in that that whakatauki talks about being taught at home. Well, a lot of our uh, people, they haven't got uh, the, the, the matua or the, the skilled or the learned people in their whānau or hapu to teach them, so they have to go elsewhere. Um. Got our website up and... Pippi sold out in like 36 hours and we were just like, what yeah. the... Wow, what's going on? The website was like clogged. Yeah, People everybody... Like, I can't get in, I can't get in. And my, my Google Analytics is saying like there's like 5,000 people like trying to get in the door. Trying to push one button. Yeah, yeah. And we were just, we actually just sat, like we were in our pyjamas because <laughs> it like, it launched at 9 o'clock in the morning or something and we we just didn't really know what we were doing. We turned it on and we sat there and we just watched Google Analytics and watched what was going on on Facebook and we just were in this moment of, I was just surreal. E ngā mana, e ngā reo, e ngā kārangaranga maha o te motu, no piki mai, no kake mai. Ki tēnei o ngā hōtaka, ko Justine Maria Ho, this is Tiahika on RNZ National. It's the final show of 2017 and tonight we feature a few highlights from stories covered this year. From a Rotorua couple who launched a series of Māori talking dolls called PP Ma, to a sit-down chat with Te Urutau Mātua Chia Tamati Kruger, 10 years on since the two hoi raids. There must be a process by which that that error or that wrong uh, is explicitly described and that there is some type of apology, eh? because an apology is just a recognition of the error, and then a commitment uh, by all parties uh, to help each other avert a reoccurrence of that. You know? But first, in the next few months, kapahaka groups from around the country will be gearing up for regional competitions next year. The winners from the regionals qualify to compete at Te Matatini, or the Olympics of Kapahaka, hosted by Wellington in 2019. Joe Harawira featured on the show this year. He's an ex-performer with Te Wharewānanga o Waikato. He's competed at 13 nationals and is a five-time chief judge at Te Matatini. We caught up with him at his home in Whakatane. You must have to be very open-minded in, as a, in the capacity as a judge if something is presented to you that you don't quite agree with. You have to, you have to, be, uh, you have to understand all of the, um, the not nuances, but um, the, you have to understand the tikanga of the two of the different lohe. Um, I, it's not for me to see something that I don't like and to judge them on what is their tikanga. And it might be the, the way they lift their foot, uh, might be the way they um, hold their hands and swing their arms and, you know, that sort of thing. Um, it's, it behoves the judge to understand the different um, styles, I suppose, and and the different um, tikanga that 
uh, each of those rohe have in terms of their, um, you know, their stance on stage. So you have to be, uh, you know, quite open to that. Mm. Um, there have been examples whereby something has been performed on a stage by a group, a particular judge is not happy with it and has marked down um, because it doesn't fit within their tikanga. But that's not actually right. Uh, I don't. I don't believe that's right. Um, you have to accept everything that comes on on the stage because that's their performance. That's their tikanga. You draw the line when um, when you know it crosses the tikanga boundary. So, for instance, there are many many different types of haka. Uh, there's, there's the peru peru. There's the haka taparahi. Uh, you know. There's um, whole range of um, different t- types of haka. The haka taparahi has got certain um, tikanga attached to it. It's the um, standing upright, um, takahi, the waiwaikotahi, oh. a few, so few ringa, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, those, those sorts of things. Some uh, some ropu, to my way of looking at it, um, push the boundaries to be able to be within tikanga, but actually don't aren't within those bounds at some stages. And so, in order to portray a, a story like, uh, say, maybe the um, separation of Rangi and Papa, um, they're down as a haka taparahi in the program, but they lie on their back and do a pushing up with their feet movement. Right, which is not... Which takes it out of the haka taparahi genre. From the haka exponent, Joe Harawera, to Queen of the Poi, Namuni Huata, who descends from a long line of weavers. She was taught how to make kākahu, pūpū and poi from flax. She grew up at Te Pākira Marae Rotorua and wrote the book The Rhythm and Life of Poi. We visited her home at Te Whakarewarewa. When you're judging a poi and when you've got your mind, you're you know, ready to go and your eyes and all your senses are ready to go, what would make a poi stand out for you? I think it is, it's within their kōrero. That's the beauty. That's why I'm saying you can't afford to be tired. These people give their scripts. You understand that? And we're, we're lucky. We can get all of their kōrero, all their stories, okay, and I'll just watch. I'll just watch and say, okay, and then I'll listen. I know mostly everybody goes to the second row. What do you mean by that? That's why they're in the second row. You know, the bears come forward. So mine is a pikiake te rata no mahi, so that they can reach the taumata area. At one glance, you know exactly where they are and where they're not at, but what you do do, that I said, this is what you need to do to pick up. It doesn't have anything about their marks because uh, I said, again, too, when it comes to that area of uh, of performance, even though I can say the feet are out of sync, this is out of sync, that's you let them know that they need to pick up on that. So I don't look for the... Mistakes as big mistakes. It's just really pikiake. 
Mm, improvements to make. To improve. You know, each one is on a, a, a par together and you just have a look at their performance-wise. But the other thing we have to do too as a judge is if you're going to take up points, you tell them why. They have to know yes, why. Because, yes, yes. you know, I've been in teams too and know some of the judges don't say why they've taken the marks yeah. off. You know, I said that's detrimental to a group. Kia ora, nga moni huata from her home in Rotorua. This year, on October 28, marked the inaugural Ra Maumahara, or the National Day of Commemoration of the New Zealand Land Wars. Sir Wera Gardner is the chair of the Pūtake Otheriri Wars and Conflicts in New Zealand Fund, a panel formed by the previous government to allocate up to $4 million for national and local commemorative events. This year, Whakatane-based tertiary institution Te Whare Wānanga, or Awanui hosted a New Zealand Land Wars Symposium. What we really want to do is to get these kinds of events and bring the communities in to understand what this is all about, by education and by clarification. Sir Wira Gardner. The interesting thing is we, um, our first action was to look at the name Ra Maumaharatanga, Remembrance Day. We thought that was a bit sort of elusive, and we thought that uh, Pakanga in itself was too narrow. So we actually came up, Peter Tibbany came up with the Putaku Otariri, which is the basis of, in a sense, the basis of anger, which includes both war and conflict. Not all conflict ends up in war. So it means that, that if you're a community and there is a conflict between your community and the Crown at this time, but you didn't necessarily go to war, you're entitled to actually come to our fund and seek some resources to help you explain that to your broader community or whatever you like. I think we spend uh, tens of millions of dollars on commemorating World War I. I have a real concern about World War II, and uh, Hadawood will tell you that in Crete, one of the famous battles of Crete was 42nd Street, where the Māori Battalion led a, a banner charge which almost destroyed the leading elements of the 141st uh, Mountain Regiment. And uh, we had two Australian battalions on the right, the 2nd, 7th and the 2nd, 8th, and we had five New Zealand battalions spread along this road, which is called 42nd Street. They had been fighting for seven days. They were buggered. They had no food. They had no water. <coughs> they had little ammunition. And all up, there would have been about 2,000 of them along this, this stretch of, of, of road. The Germans were chasing, they'd landed mountain troops onto Malema Airfield and they were aggressive, they were fit, they were highly trained and they were going to deal to us. So they came trundling towards us and um, um, they got close, shots opened up, the Māori Battalion stood up and huckered and charged and the rest of the New Zealanders got up, the Australians got up and they all charged and pretty much destroyed uh, 141, or the leading elements of the 141st uh, Mountain Regiment. Uh, now, here's the point. If you go to 42nd Street now, you'll see a memorial to 42nd Street. It was built and sponsored by the Australians. So my point is that if we do not claim the battlefields that are ours, then someone else will take them away. I'm not saying that we're necessarily celebrating war to that extent, but they were our losses, they were our and energies, and therefore we have to make sure that certain places across the world in World War II, and I can name them, 
uh, Malemi Airfield, 42nd Street, um, Tabaka Gap, Takruna, Osonia, not so much Osonia, Casino, with B Company and A Company went in. Those are places where New Zealand has carved out an epic reputation for soldiery, for courage and bravery. This is Tiahika on RNZ National. I'm Justine Murray. This week we feature a few stories we've covered on the show this year. Linda Munn is most content when her art students realise their own artistic potential. The media-shy artist and tutor created the black, white and red Te Tanga flag almost 30 years ago. Born in Christchurch, she moved to Malaya, where her dad was posted with the New Zealand Army. About three years ago, Linda received her moko kauai, or traditional tattoo, on her chin. This year, her friend and internationally renowned artist Owen Dippy painted her portrait downtown Los Angeles. In our series, Manatangata, I caught up with her during her art class. We're sitting in the classroom of in the building at Toi Ohomai with my students, who are, some of them are still here, the usuals. Um, we're working on um, materials and processes, so that's why they're still working with paint and design. In your words, Linda, what's this represent? Well, Tinorangi Tiratanga is about. Well, for me, it's, it's a set of values that I've always lived by, and for me, it encompasses days of, you know, like autonomy, which we should, each of us, even if you're not Māori, we should all have a choice of how we live our life, as long as it's in a positive view. But for us, Tino is about um, foremost moving Māori forward. This is a culmination of lots of people, Tino. I always think they always talk about myself, Jan. And Hirana, but oh, that's Jane Dobson and Hirana Marsden about being the creators. Mm. But you know, for me, there was a lot of people behind this, lots, and a lot of them aren't with us anymore. You know, whether it was in terms of uh, Kopapa, all sorts. You know, um, I think Hirana started it off. I still remember that day. I think it was around about Labour Weekend. Got its finesse, and then Jan and I. Sewed seven flags before the 1990 celebrations. Yes. But they were double. We, we spent three days sewing those things. They all had separate components. And we sewed them on my ex-mother-in-law's um, sewing machine in Overlocker. And so that they flew for 1990. And someone's got... Oh, who knows? They've disappeared <laughs> over the years. But, oh, no. But, seven uh, of them. Yeah. But somebody will have them, hopefully. Hopefully. Linda has been involved with the Women's Refuge for many years. She says her art is an expression of her political views. That's my political, that's about as political as I get. And I do it for art. And I get political with my students too, it's about empowering them. So, you know, it goes everywhere, it's everywhere. But the flag, every time I... Sometimes I shudder when I see it and I just don't want anything to do with it. Really? Yeah. People expect... I don't know what people expect sometimes. So when there's a mass here a parliament or any sort of um, protest, and oh that is featured at yeah. the front of the hikoi. Oh, no, that makes, gives me the warm and fuzzies. Yeah, yeah. That makes me feel that our people have, have... It gives them hope. 
That's that simple. It's ours. It's not. It doesn't have a a colonised design. It doesn't. It comes from Māori. It's for Māori. Kia ora, Linda Munn. For many tūhoi living in the valley, October 15th, 2007, is a time they'd rather forget. Tūhoi activist Tamieti told Tiahika this year that he has moved on from the tūhoi raids. He's kept busy these days with the running of the Taniatua Art Gallery and pursuing business opportunities overseas with his Chinese business partners. We visited Te Kurafare and caught up with Tamti Kruger, chairman of Te Uru Taumatua, who reflected upon that time and the developments the Tūhoe Iwi has made since. When you claim to have manamotuhake, that you can resolve your own issues and bring some some reliable, permanent conclusion so there are no ghosts hanging around. We did things that the New Zealand justice system could not do. What the, the court system in New Zealand did uh, was vilify and criminalise uh, people. And they were out to seek uh, guilty parties. And that's all the system can do. It does not resolve relationships. It, the court system does not do love, peace and harmony. It criminalises. So it fell short of the mark. Reconciliation and repairing and fixing relationships was something that was left for Tuhue to do. Tuhue were not asked to do that. Uh, Tuhue saw that it had to do it. Um, but the Crown, the police... Uh, we're, we're, not, uh, we're not viewing that as something that they had to do. They, just, they were just prepared to leave it there. Yeah. So that's what we did. And I think it's important uh, for the listeners to understand that when you can deal with your own issues, you have manamotuhaku. You use your own traditions and customs to do that. Um, so here we are talking 10 years after that episode yeah. and that uh, reconciliation is sustainable and reliable uh, between ourselves and the police. Kia ora, Tamati Kruger. Prani Gloin describes himself as an activator of Te Reo Māori. He came up with the concept of Mahuru Māori where every September Prani speaks only Te Reo Māori. It's an idea that has since spread and others are taking a keen interest. Prauni is a graduate of Te Panekiritanga o Te Reo Māori, the Institute of Excellence in the Māori Language. Several years on, he works as a support person or kaifakaturuki alongside the main tutors. When we caught up with Prauni this year at the head campus of Te Wānanga Aotearoa in Te Awamutu, he outlined how the language needs to shift to fit in with how people access information. Cue social media, podcasts, and even the reinterpretation of proverbial sayings. Tangata yako naki te kainga, tsua nei te marae tauana, which means um, someone that's taught at home, uh, when they stand on the marae, they will stand with confidence. Uh, that's, that's a basic interpretation. 
now we're challenging ourselves in terms of whether the whakataiki we've used for hundreds of years, whether they're still applicable in this day and age, uh, in that that whakataiki talks about being taught at home. Well, a lot of our uh, people, they haven't got uh, the, the, the matua or the, the skilled or the learned people in their whānau or hapu to teach them, so they have to go elsewhere. So that's that's a uh, that's why that whakatauki resonates with me, but in a different way. You, you're talking about the changing of the guard. We even have to look at our whakatauki and how our whakatauki, whether they're applicable or how we can re-look at whakatauki to make them applicable. I mean, one is one whakatauki is moia te tangata te tāneringa raupa. Raupa, yes, yes. Now, Mary I, ain't got no raupa, I ain't got no raupa on <laughs> yes, these hands. yes. And the other, the, the opposite of that about the woman is te wahi ne roto i te pahara keke. Are you a weaver? <laughs> I'm not a weaver. <laughs> no way. <laughs> well, there you go. But I guess the the essence of those whakatauki is, is um, you industrious. know, as someone who's industrious, industrious. a hard worker. So that's, that's so the why. So the new ringa is the roro, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's a whakatauki that resonates with me. Um uh, being taught at home, and um, and that word kāinga, the place where your fire burns. We all have a responsibility to those places as as Māori and to ourselves. Um, so kuna tētahi whakatauki. And another one is uh, a newer one that, whak, that Wharehuia uh, coined, and it is ko te whakaeti te whare o te tangata whakaaro nui. So, um, yeah, humility is the site, the citadel of the considerate mind. Uh, Sympathy. Yeah. Oh, sorry, humility. Yeah, humility to be compassionate. And um, being whakahihi, or, or, and, and I mean it in a, in a negative way, is quite easy, but to be hum- humble in all that we do, there, there lies the challenge. Um, so that's that's something that resonates with me and um, Farehuia, uh, along with uh, both Sir T. Muti, as you said, and, and Professor Poitemara, someone I hold up there, and he's someone that exemplifies that whakatauki and everything that he does. Um, so no matter what I do, um, uh, I make an effort to be humble and some, and you can never be too humble. I think we like to use a, t- a term that's become quite popular, is poho kereru. Poho kereru. Poho kereru, which is uh, to to um, you know stand with with your chest out like the kereru. So to be proud of what you do, but at the same time, when you look at a kereru, it's still a very humble bird, but it looks proud. So mm. that's that's the expression that we we use a lot of is poho kereru. So to be proud in something you do, but still be humble. Kia ora, Prauni Gloin. This week it's the final Tiahi car for the year, so we're taking a trip down memory lane with a few highlights of stories we've covered. Matariki, the Māori New Year celebrations, has grown in popularity over the past decade. This year, Tiahi car featured excerpts from Dr. Rangi Matamu's presentation about Matariki following the release of his book, Matariki, the Star of the Year. If we look at Matariki, these are the names that are used right across the Pacific and Polynesia for Matariki. So it's Matariki in Aotearoa, all the way in Easter Island. It's Matariki uh, in Hawaii. It's Makali'i. Uh, it's Makahiki in other places, but they're all variations of Matariki. It's the most common name 
right throughout the Pacific is, is the name uh, Matariki. The next question I get asked is, how do I find Matariki? Okay, you all know the pot. The pot. Okay, if you follow the pot from left to right in the sky, wherever it is, you follow it from left to right, you follow right, 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 you'll come to the brightest star in the sky. That star is actually right out there at the moment. Hinetakurua is sitting right there because it's tipped over at the moment. But in the morning, this is what it'll look like in the east. So if you follow it from left to right, you'll come to the brightest star in the sky. That's Sirius. Yep, that's, why, that's a dog star, they call that. That's the reason Sirius black turns into a dog. That's a dog star. Okay, don't go right. You find the pot, you find the bottom of the pot, and you go left. Sing Beyonce's to the left. To the left, you'll come to this diamond shape in the sky. That's Tekokota. That is the face of the bull. And you go just a little bit further left, you'll find Matariki. That's how you pick it. So the pot must be the easiest cluster to pick out in the sky. Okay, when you find the, the pot, Tautoru, Hane Matatoki Nafata Tautoru. And you go left, you'll bump into Matariki. That's how you find it generally. And we were front row at this year's Matariki celebrations, the Kaumatua Kapahaka, hosted by Te Papa in Wellington. You just performed about, uh, what, 10 minutes or 20 minutes or so ago. What, what practices does it, does it take in the lead-up to oh, this? Oh, look here, with, with our, our lot, you've got to practice every week from last year, <laughs> and I still not know it. <laughs> but it's a lot of fun. They really enjoy it, eh? Most of the songs came from Morvan. One or two were composed by his dad and his maternal uncle, Te Opewanerere, and um, one by his grandmother, his, his paternal grandmother, uh, Raina Pune Ranginui from the Awa. And um, yes, we. Morvan is um, known for all his goodwill, and you know, so most of the songs carry that message. So uh, we're happy to carry that on for him too. Hmm. Waikato Tanifaro Komato Group honoured Tomairangi Paki who died in April this year. So what does this event mean to the Rōpū? Oh, big, big thing because of our um, patron, patron Tomairangi, the king's sister, and she just passed away and we come to bring her kawamate. Mm-hmm. So were you here, the Rōpū was here as a way to honour Tomairangi? Tell us about some of the waiata. Um, we, can, we can walk if you want to. We can walk and talk. Some of the waiata. Te Maungaroa is, uh, she used to be, she used to teach hula in Hawaii. And um, it's a special waiata for her. So what's one of the most ngahau waiata? What are we talking about? The te puia. Timatanga te puia. Well, for us today, it's more for Tomairangi, because being the patron of Komatua Kapahaka, so, yeah, it's, it was it's special for her. Kia ora e ngā ruruhi o te matariki. 
Kia ora no kuera te hotaka whakamutunga o te ahikā mō tēnei tau. Ano ngā mihi ki ngā kai kōrero katoa, kua humai tākoutou koha kōrero kia mātou. That's the show for the year. Thanks to everyone who has featured on Te Ahi Ka for 2017. Uh, to those behind the scenes, me ki ko ngā ringarau pai whakapau kaha ki te tutuki pai te oro, uh, te whārangi ipurangi me ngā tuhituhi ngā mihi. To the studio engineers, the web team, Shannon Honui-Thompson, ngā mihi nunui kia koutou katoa. Meri kirihimite me ngā mihi o te tauhau. Merry Christmas, have a safe new year, have fun with Fano and stay safe. Mai te whanau a te ahikā, kia tātou katoa. I'm Justin Murray, Mauri Ora. Catch me at my-